You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Helping you with your case of the Mondays, it's the Locked On Cardinals podcast, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, shaking his head, didn't like it. Uh, make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K, and at Clancy's Corner a little early today. We're going to start getting going earlier and earlier. Alex has realized that uh, getting out of bed right at uh, 9.50 isn't uh, conducive to him having a productive day. And you know what? I applaud Alex for entering adulthood. That's Congratulations, Alex. Way to go, man. Yeah, says the guy who's up three hours after I am every day for the last two years. Okay, Bo. Yeah, I've you know I've shifted a little career wise, and it's um it's nice to not have to wake up before the sun does, mm-hmm. and it makes things a little bit more conducive to waking my brain up a little bit. And I feel like this is the sweet spot for us to do it. So get off my ass. All right, so check us out in the nine o'clock hour Arizona time. We appreciate you guys listening. Apple Podcast continues to be a disaster. Find a new way to listen. Seriously, it's it's if you want consistent daily content, as far as our shows posting on Apple Podcasts, it's out of our hands. We upload it when we put it to where it should be in your Apple Podcast library, and it's not. Odyssey, great option there. Spotify, fantastic option. Also, you've got Stitcher, you've got Google Podcast. However you tune in, we appreciate it. Follow along, subscribe, whatever the podcast provider allows you to do. Also, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show today. Uh, you wouldn't think that on May 24th that we would have like a ton of content. We would be stretching for some things, but DeAndre Hopkins, Alex, continues to shoot his shot. He continues to be the recruiter that we don't deserve, uh, and he's he's doing it as something that we thought was a pipe dream, and now it's become a pretty realistic idea for the Arizona Cardinals to be on Julio Jones, which... You know, a year ago, we wouldn't even been able to say that. Let's get into that conversation. Plus, Chase Edmonds, he's saying it's now or never for him to be an RB1 in his career. He's eyeing the 2021 season. It is his chance to be the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Can that work? We'll discuss that as well. Um, and I saw a recent article that had the Arizona Cardinals as a top 10 offense. And if you look at the pieces, you'd say... I mean, just just as a face value thing, you'd probably agree with that. But if you watch them play at the tail end of last season, I think a lot of people would be skeptical that they are a top 10 offense. Now they were on the outside look again last year and total points, 13th overall, kind of close to the middle of the pack, just uh, you know, in, in the upper echelon, but uh, not enough to really kind of make it their calling card and not enough to overcome some of their deficiencies down the stretch. Yeah, that's the interesting part, Bo, is that we've we've been pounding the table saying the well, the offense needs to be the strength of this team. Yeah. That's the whole point of this. The defense surprised many people last year. The offense was front heavy last year, uh, with you know, them starting six and three. And after going after starting two and two, you know, they kind of righted the ship and they were playing some bad teams and they were winning games. And that the Hale Murray is included in that. But you have Kyler Murray, you brought in Cliff Kingsbury, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Now you have A.J. Green. You have a better offensive line. The offense needs to lead the damn way, and the offense is the question mark right now. Yeah. Is the offense going to work? And that's not necessarily the best situation to be in going into the third year of your franchise quarterback's rookie-scale contract, still not knowing if the offense is going to work. Right? I mean, that's something we just completely overlooked that, oh, wow, at least the defense is going to be good. What? 
Yeah, if if you look at their their numbers statistically for the offense and the defense, and they were just right there, you know, as far as defense points against twelve twelfth in the in the NFL, thirteenth in points scored. So if you believe that they got better on both sides of the football, but how much better? You know, do they get do they do they kind of crawl closer to the top ten? And is that going to be enough to compete? Because I feel like even if statistically this is a top ten offense and defensive team. We've seen that sometimes the stats don't tell the entire story because of rhythm, uh, how the game plays out, situational football, to where Cardinals fans and you know the team is like, we're, we're accustomed to seeing them, when it comes down to it, not getting the job done. So like you could be top 10 offensively, de- defensively, but it, you know you could be outside of the top 14 as far as playoff teams. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's just a weird, like, again, this, the Cardinals offense still seems to be like a, a giraffe that was just birthed, like a baby giraffe that still can't walk yet, you know? And it, it's something that's like, I, I used to say fawn. I think it was fawn that I used to use. Yeah. Um, a baby fawn that just doesn't have its legs yet or st- is starting to be able to walk, but still falls on its face sometimes. And this is at a point where the, I don't. The migration needs to happen, and you got to be able to walk on your feet without getting, you know, uh, eaten by a coyote or whatever the hell it is. Like yeah. they need to, this, they need to start to be able to run with this offense and not have to worry about, oh, is this going to be the quintessential run first down, throw second down short, throw third down long, incomplete punt in forty five seconds. That's something that needs to be alleviated, and it's something we saw in perpetuity last year. Yeah, and it's it, it can't be an offense, especially with the pieces they've added. And what the expectations are from AJ Green coming in at his age 32 after the worst season of his career, and what the expectations are for the Arizona Cardinals for him to come in and what he's supposed to be this weapon opposite De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then, so if it's not Kyler, if Kyler can't get it done, you know, A, throwing the ball, B, with his legs, and then DeAndre Hopkins is bottled up, you say you're playing against the Rams and, and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, you've got to have those guys show up. You've got to have your plan B's and C's be consistent enough to where, you know, defensive coordinators are like, okay, well, if we take away Kyler and his ability to run the football, then we have to deal with DeAndre Hopkins getting the football from Kyler Murray. If we bottle him up, we've got to deal with A.J. Green. We've got to deal with James Conner. We've got to deal with Chase Edmonds and make it a nightmare scenario where last year defenses at the end of the year knew, like, okay, if we can stop Kyler from running the football and if we could kind of just subdue a little bit, you know, relative to Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins where they were most of the season, if we can just kind of let them eat a little bit but not enough to beat us, we're going to be fine because nobody else can do anything else. Exactly. I mean, it's like letting your best player score 50 points in a game like the Steve Nash defense that players teams had against him in his a couple last years in Phoenix was let him get his 40 that's fine. We'll still beat him that way if he's focused on scoring all the time. Absolutely. That's a very good, very good way to put it. Yeah. Um, we don't know how deep this offense is yet. Still, we don't. I mean, the offensive line is obviously better. Um, we don't, as you mentioned, we don't know how deep the running back room is. We don't know how healthy they're going to be. We'll talk about Chase Edmonds as RB1 self-proclaimed later on in the podcast, but you're right. We have no idea outside of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins what this is. And we still don't know if Cliff Kingsbury can use DeAndre Hopkins effectively. Yeah. The 115 receptions for 1,400 receiving yards last year. He could have had upwards of 2,000 receiving yards if used correctly <laughs> last year. It's true. Yeah. He, he really could have. 
Yeah. And it just that looking at that route tree, Bo, it gives me nightmares. Yeah, it's, it's that a, one screenshot. As far as the uh, the offense was not consistent enough. I mean, it, it it had its big moments. Washington football team, thirty points. The Jets, horrible team, thirty plus points. Cowboys, that, yeah, the Cowboys beat down. You know, you you had some good games that you were able to kind of pad your stats a little bit. But when it came down to it, especially the final two weeks of the season, under twenty points scored combined wasn't getting the job done. The Arizona Cardinals, they need to make their offense an absolute force to be reckoned with next year. Like, put them in the conversation. They need to put themselves in the conversation with the pieces that they have. I don't think it's unfair to say this at this point as far as K2 and K1, DeAndre Hopkins, that they need to be in the mix. I'm not saying, you know, top three, but they have to be in the discussion for a top five offense. Like, they have to be in the discussion of, like, the Baltimore Ravens. They have to be, like, pushing the envelope to be considered somewhere, you know, with the KC Chiefs and with Green Bay Packers. Like, they have to do that with the talent, the personnel that they have. Otherwise, they're they're falling short somewhere else. And it's not personnel. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I, I just... We're going to find... <laughs> yeah. This is just such a fragile ecosystem. Yeah. It's just, we just don't know. And you could look at this three or four years from now, like, man, this could have been so great. Mm -hmm. It could have been so awesome. And listen, it could turn this year. You know, this is the year where Kyler Murray proves himself. This is crap or get off the pot. Are you going to be a franchise quarterback or not? And we think he's going to be, I mean, there's no question to think otherwise, but we don't know. We don't know. I mean, he had, he's had some terrible games. Over the last two years, had nine completions against the Cowboys and boats. Your point about them putting up 30 burgers against bad teams. A lot of that was set up by the defense. Sure. A lot of that was set up by short on short fields by the defense. Like, even though the Cardinals put up 17 points, just look against the Jets in the first half. They didn't. Their offense wasn't good in the first half against the Jets. The only reason why it went nuts in the second half was 70 yards of catches in two plays in junk time to DeAndre Hopkins down the left side of the field, one of which was for a touchdown. Like that game wasn't surely in hand. I think they scored late. I think they, I think they scored late in the first half to put it up 17-3. But the offense wasn't good week one to week 16 last year by any stretch. Well, it was like games against Andy, week 17 against Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco. And Daniel Jones, like yeah. you knew, like that it wasn't in hand. No, like this, the score didn't didn't say that. But you saw just from the play of the opposing team, like okay, they 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 can't score, they suck. Uh, but it, it gave the Cardinals' offense an opportunity to get rolling. And against good teams, you don't you don't necessarily get that. And they need to get out of that that tier of offense where you know they can be good, they can be dangerous. You know the weapons, but no, they have to be the team that's going to come out, especially with their scripted plays, come out and be lethal. They were kind of in the first half of the season. They got to consistently do it. Uh, you know, talk about you know not having any more excuses. It could get even crazier than that if DeAndre Hopkins gets his wish. DeAndre Hopkins continues to recruit for this team. Could we have an even more absurd offense for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021 than we're even talking about right now? Julio Jones. We revisit that, plus we'll get into the conversation about Chase Edmonds' RB1. It's a Locked On Cardinals. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards. 
Us here at Locked On AZ Cards want you to know that Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from the network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvb bank inc member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply it is locked on cardinals part of your locked on podcast network your team every day what a win for the suns yesterday check out our guy brendan clean over locked on suns I'm sure he's breaking it down, recapping the big victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. Two-seeded Suns took out the seven-seeded Lakers. They're up 1-0 in that series. It was just fun to see some playoff basketball back in the Valley of the Sun. Just locked on NBA. It's uh, it's just as good as the locked on NFL podcast that we have here on the network. I highly re- recommend you checking it out. Um, yeah, Brendan Clean does a great job over there. Uh, more analytical than I think a- Alex and I are for sure. It's going to give you kind of the uh, the real meaty stats that you're going to want to know and kind of behind the the box score analysis that uh, that you can sound smart in front of your friends. Yeah, I mean, Bo watches it more than I do because he definitely needs that more than I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, no, Brendan does. He, do, he does a very, very good job. He Like him and there are some other people in the in Suns media that do a very good job and they've been waiting for this moment for a oh, long yeah. time. Like, imagine covering this team like uh, Gerald Borgett, um, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, another guy uh, in Suns Twitter, not with Locked On, but he does, he's been doing this for seven or eight, nine years. You go to all the games, you go to all the practices, all the press conferences, and it's just bad Sarver, bad Sarver, bad Sarver, bad mm-hmm. Robert Sarver, and then now it's like Xanadu. I couldn't imagine what it was like, what it was like in the arena yesterday. I couldn't imagine. Because when I was, when I first moved to Arizona, I mean, it was the seven seconds or less Suns. It was the run and gun. It was, you could just, you could sharpie them into the postseason each and every year. It was impossible to get Suns tickets. You couldn't find anything in the upper bowl for less than 60 bucks. And somebody who was in college had no money. I couldn't afford to go to games. And then I get, then I start covering the team um, at the end of the Nash era. I was able to, you know, cover Steve Nash's last game with the Phoenix Suns, and you would have had you would you had no clue that that was really the like you were you were gonna have eleven years of futility, like absolute like there was the fun season where they won forty eight games and they didn't make the playoffs, but it you you had no idea that you were signing up like this was going to you weren't gonna be able to recapture that magic until a decade later. Yeah, I mean, you just hope that his back would hold up. 
You just were like, you know what? Steve Nash is just laying on the ground just to preserve his back. Not because his back was shattering in front of our very eyes. Like if his back held up, that could have lasted another two or three years. And in basketball terms, that's a long, I mean, that's a long time. That's three more playoff runs with with that roster. Some, some faction of it, but yeah, it's nice to see in the Valley for sure. Maybe hopefully the Cardinals can, uh, can carry that afterwards sure. uh, into the NFL season. I mean, they haven't made the uh, postseason since uh, 2015. This is a team that uh, obviously had high expectations in 2016, 2017, and then the wheels fell off in 2018, and it's been trying to get back. Uh, hopefully not nearly as long. It's we, we we had the debate, like, who was going – when the Suns started having success earlier this regular season, we we're like, who can be the Chris Paul for this Arizona Cardinals team who could be this veteran presence that's going to put you know players in the right position to succeed you know I think J.J. Watt can be that guy I think DeAndre Hopkins is already kind of that guy while Kyler Murray plays the role of Devin Booker where he's the young emerging star he's got you know everything that you want he just needs a little direction and a little guidance and he can get there you know it's Cliff Kingsbury Monty Williams that that might be the biggest question you know because Monty Williams is probably your you know when it comes to the taking home the hardware, he's already won one coach of the year award. You know, is he going to win the the one that matters? Probably. You know, I, I don't. Cliff Kingsbury, according to Bet Online, thirty three plus thirty three hundred coach of the year. If you want to, you want to just light money on fire. I think that's the bet. I just don't. You know, you know, can he be a guy that's good enough for this team to go to the postseason? You know, it's possible, but I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna win the coach of the year for the NFL. It's gonna be a little tougher. But let's get in there. I mean, especially when he, if you were to bring in, if the Cardinals, do you think Steve Keim is, do you think he listens at all? Like when he see when DeAndre Hopkins, if somebody asked him, would he restructure his contract to make Julio work? And then he posts the How I Met Your Mother gif of uh, Doogie Hauser. I don't know his name in that show. Um, you know, yeah, Barney. Giving a thumbs up. Barney. Like, absolutely. You think Steve Kimes is like, okay, do you think that changes? Like, okay, maybe I will call Terry Fontenot down there in Atlanta. Or do you think he's already getting in on it? There's nothing like a top tier wide receiver scorned. And he has been, since he's come into the league, underutilized in the past pay dirt. I mean, he is, he legitimately should be averaging 10 to 12 touchdowns a year without breaking a sweat, man. Like when he touches the ball, it's like, man, they should get him the ball more around the red zone. He's 6'3. But it's always Calvin Ridley, uh, Harry Douglas, running backs, etc. Whoever it is, Austin Hooper. It, it's it's never been Julio Jones. And imagine how much just firepower he would have in his heart trying to prove Atlanta wrong. Like it's it would be incredible. It'd be incredible. Now we had this situation on uh, one of the terrible debate shows. Uh, it was Shannon. Sh- no, I'm sorry, Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless. <laughs> And Sharp had on his cell phone. It was allegedly. Have we confirmed that it was? It was Julio. It was Julio Jones? on the phone. Julio on speaker phone. Yeah. Saying I basically, I'll par- I'm paraphrasing. I ain't going back to that place. I ain't, I'm not going back. I'm out of there. I'm out of there. So it's it seems like divorce is inevitable at this point. Why not the Arizona Cardinals? If if your star wide receiver who negotiates his own deal already, if you can restructure. I mean. Yeah. Does so that become quickly, the quickly, unit in the NFC West? Is there what? Say that again. Does, sorry. Does their offense become the strongest? You know, the premier unit of the NFC West. Does yeah, it beat out the sure. LA Rams defense? 
Yeah, because there isn't a wide receiver one aside from DK Metcalf in the NFC West besides DeAndre Hopkins. There isn't one. I mean, the Rams don't have one. They have a de facto Robert Woods, maybe. Cooper Cup, maybe. They, like, split that. And in San Francisco, they have no wide receivers. They have jet sweep guys. So when you have when you have the opportunity, if Steve Kime really wants to, you know, double down on everything, be like, you know what, this may be my last shot before I get canned. Why the hell not? And we talked just, just to uh, revisit something that we talked about last week as the um, – as we talked about it as a no-go for sure was because of the cap hit. I actually reached out. I was me- messaging with Mike Gennetti, the CEO of SpotTrack, the managing editor of SpotTrack today. And he told me, because listen, I, I need to take a class in cap management because there's so many nuances and everything. We kind of know things, but we don't know every little in and out that the Cardinals would, instead of the cap hit being $23 million this year, and 19 million next year, it would be 15 million this year and 11 and a half next year because all the other bonuses are going to be are absorbed by Atlanta. Now, 15 is a lot different than 23. Yeah. And 11 and a half is a lot different than anything else. 11, like if you want to shift some of that base salary, move it into a signing boat or something for 2022, it's completely feasible with the, with the salary cap ballooning next year. They've got close to 15 right now. They've got close to 15 right now. You'd have to move a couple little things around, especially if uh, DeAndre Hopkins wants to restructure in some capacity. Sweet mother, make the move. <laughs> I would give, like right now, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but this is the Steve Kime world that we live in. I would give a first-round pick for Julio Jones. Right now. And the reason why is when DeAndre Hopkins turns 31, when Kyler Murray's rookie scale contract runs out, it doesn't matter how many first-round picks you have. You would have Julio Jones, and you would be set to potentially win now. And if you trade for Julio Jones in a first-round pick, it'll be late 20s, and you say, you know what? Do it. Because you're going to have to outbid guys. They're going to give two twos, or a second and a third. Atlanta sees a first round. They will trade Julio Jones to the Arizona Cardinals. It's not ideal. It's not ideal by any stretch, but your defense is pretty much set for the next two years. It's going to be older really quick, so why not do it now? Yeah, I just why not? I, I ha- we haven't seen what great wide receivers get dealt for first rounders. I mean, what was it? Uh, Stephon Diggs last year, right? That was OBJ. After, yeah, yeah, OBJ. But uh, you know, the Cardinals kind of reset the market a little bit thanks to the Houston Texans, and you know, it, second round pick. I think that's a slam dunk. First round pick. I mean, you're you're trading. Essentially, if you go where you want to go, you're, you're you're trading a late 20s first round pick, and that's not, you know, the the thing where it gets tricky is, uh, you know, once the JJ Watt is done, and you can't imagine him playing beyond what he signed up with the Cardinals to do, and what you know the remainder of Julio Jones' contract would be, the cover would be fairly bare on the offensive side of the football. Outside of Kyler Murray, so it it, it is kind of interesting. But you're right. I don't I don't think, especially when these contending teams like those first round picks aren't as valuable because they're not top ten, top fifteen picks. They shouldn't be. So, I you know it's. Would you I, do it for a first round pick if the money worked and I, if you didn't have to add a bunch of dummy years to the end? I'm just hesitant because I think they can get them for less. I mean, I, I really do. It's like, a Rodney I Hudson it. thing. Yeah, it is a Rodney Hudson thing. It absolutely is. It, it, you keep them from hitting the open market and being outbid. But, you know, I, I think a second-round pick should do the job. Um, 
I mean, and, and you've done it before. I mean, here's the, it's the one department that I actually trust Steve Kime. He's he's really nailed the just trades. He really ha- you haven't found a trade that he's been on the wrong side of. Yeah, I mean, but this is you paying your penance for trading a second and a fourth to get DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you just sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. Like that was again a McNair to Bidwell trade. That was not a Steve Kime trade. There's reports out that Steve Kime had nothing to do with that. That was an owner to owner trade. Now, if you look at right now, like how does Atlanta? What's their leverage? What's their leverage is well, it's I I don't even I don't think it's about that. I think it's about the Cardinals going and getting it instead of trying to finagle. A first round pick would one hundred percent get get Julio Jones in a Cardinals roster, and if you know that. Why wouldn't you overpay a little bit? What? So you pay a second round pick? What? It's going to be 30 picks different to get a guy? Like, let's not mince it here. Do you want Julio Jones? Yes. Are you willing to give up a 20th, the 20th overall pick for Julio Jones? Of course. In my opinion, you have three years left of him. It is so worth it because you know what you're getting with Julio Jones. Even if he plays 12 games a year, you're getting a top five wide receiver to go alongside a, the top wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. I mean, you need to make this offense better. And this, there's a shelf life on this team, Bo. They're going to have to add pieces. I mean, Chandler Jones is 31. J.J. Watt, 32. You're right. going to have to redo no everything it. soon. No doubt about it. But at the same, at, don't outbid yourself. Like, if you if the Arizona Cardinals can go and they can... Let's, let's pit them against the Patriots here. Okay. Okay, Patriots, they, they want to rebound after a 7-9 season. We've seen what they've added. They still lack a top playmaker in the wide receiver department, despite signing, you know, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Like nobody's a top wide receiver in that group. But if you're if you're Atlanta and you're staring down, okay, New England's offered us a second rounder. Arizona Cardinals have offered us a second rounder. We played New England this year. New England beat our ass in the Super Bowl. It's one of the worst losses in franchise history, twenty-eight to three. It would just from an optics viewpoint. It would be bad to send them to the Patriots. If all is the same, let's go with Arizona. No, because it's they want to get them out of the NFC. It doesn't matter. They're that not going to contend in the NFC. They're, the Falcons aren't contending in the NFC this year. Right, but that's that's like the that's what you do now. You don't trade them within the conference. But you don't trade them to the team that came back twenty eight to three. I mean, Bo, that, that's just like take Bo. a big Epsom salt and just okay, put it in maybe. my wound. Maybe, but also, who's more of a threat? Well, I mean, who is? Cam Newton or Kyler Murray? No, no, no. It's Bill Belichick. It's the defense. That's the team. And and Julio Jones' numbers are going to be nutty balls in, 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 in New England. What's no, um, Mac Jones is starting there. Mac Jones is starting there. Cam Newton is not a starting quarterback in this league. I don't know who told anybody that he is. Look at what he did last year. Look at what he's done since 2016. He is one of the most overblown quarterbacks in the Look, NFL. Mac Jones is going to Mac Jones isn't going to be better than Matt Ryan is. You know what you do with Bill Belichick? Just like you did with Tommy Boy. You hand the ball off 30 times a game when you play good defense. And you have great tight ends. And that's what it's set up for. Like I just think I Patriots are always more of a threat than the Cardinals. Until Bill Belichick proves otherwise, they won. How many games did they win last year? Seven? Yeah. You see that roster? I mean, that was that was maybe the best coaching job he's ever done. 
I disagree with and that. And you bring back those defensive guys, you add Bud, was it Bud Jabri or? No. It Matthew was. Judon. Matthew Judon signed with them. I mean, and you bring Dante Hightower back, that defense is going to be top five next year. I would trade him to the Cardinals because as of right now, the Patriots are more of a threat. That's what I Well, I said you would trade him to the Cardinals from the optics of what the Patriots have done, how they did you dirty, and every 28-3 meme you have to look at. It's like, no, you don't want to make Patriots fans happy. The Cardinals are harmless to the Atlanta Falcons. Why not? If, if yeah, all is know. even, is all is even, it's a second round pick. Do it. That's what. Come on, Terry Fontenot. Just pull the. That's trigger. why the Cardinals just offer offer fifteen picks higher. I don't know, but that, it's all about value. That's what's that's you know. But at the same token, yeah. it could be value as far as winning and losing games. And if you get that, you do get that playmaker opposite uh, DeAndre Hopkins. There's no doubt about it about Julio Jones. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The RB one conversation, real quick before we get out of here. Have you heard? It's back. Here's to celebrating you. Birthday cake with sprinkles. The Built Bar is back with 100% real white chocolate. Now, when you think about Built Bar, you think about every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. But this one's white chocolate. It's the birthday cake. It's back. Find it at BuiltBar.com. We're tasty and healthy. Those worlds collide. Built Bar always has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor going. You've got coconut, always. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I recommend getting a mix box, two of every flavor. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of muscle packing protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that birthday cake or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're not done talking about Julio Jones, the Arizona Cardinals. Unless a deal happens between now and tomorrow, we're going to revisit this tomorrow, right? I mean, we'd be crazy not to, right? Uh, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. So there was comments from over the weekend. It was Chase Edmonds. He's talking the Arizona Cardinals... um, uh, website, team website, azcardinals.com, and he says it's now or never to secure a starting running back job. Uh, you and I, have, we feel like Chase Edmonds, he's shown what his best role is on this team. It's, you know, your third down back, change of pace back. Uh, the numbers show you a different story, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, you look at Cliff Kingsbury's offense, it's a zone running offense, and you look at James Conner, he's probably not fast enough to hit the corners. You know, is, is there a real? I, I think that there's a realistic possibility that Cam Cox, our friend from Twelve News, is right, and that RB one is really Chase Edmonds' job to lose. Why do we think this, this is the thing? Well, what 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 is the what's wow. your case for James Conner, a guy who hasn't? He's played, not Chase Edmonds. Yeah, but Chase Edmonds, when he's been healthy, has been pretty solid. We there's know a difference between being a first option and being an RB one. Right. Where Chase Edmonds is incredible in space. Like, I, but I mean, that's such a backhanded compliment because all NFL players are good in space. Most NFL players are fast and they can get somewhere in space when nobody's around them. But what I mean with Chase Edmonds is he's electric in ways that other players aren't. He's electric in ways that even Kenyon Drake isn't. 
his way to his ability to cut and not get touched by defenders. We saw it in San Francisco to start off the season last year. Like the dude is special, but I don't think that I, we don't I don't trust him between the tackles getting twenty touches a game though, right? I, I just feel, well, and and he put it. He pointed out he's like, I can get twenty touches a game, and it's going to look different than what your traditional. You have to get rid of what your ideal traditional yeah. running back is. And if he gets 20 touches a game and it's 15 carries and five catches, I mean, I don't disagree with the guy. I mean, why not? And, and everything that you just said, I felt like kind of makes the case. Let's see what it looks like. Because you do have James Conner as your safety net. You do have your more traditional running back in the building still. If, if you need somebody, and, and if you need on a given down somebody to run it between the tackles, and that's not exactly the Arizona Cardinals' way of running the football the last couple of years, I mean... Who's the best? Who? Which running back is more equipped for success with Kyler Murray on the roster right now? It's not James Conner. Oh it's no, it's Evan. not. Yeah, but it's but ball seventeen. Even if it was a sixteen game season, doesn't matter. Okay, so last year Kenyon Drake uh, got hurt. Chase Edmonds came in. RB one didn't work, and it, it's one game. Okay, it's one game. That's not that's not a full a full scope of a full season. But say James Conner misses a couple games, which he most likely will. Do you trust Chase, Chase Edmonds and Jonathan Ward in the backfield? I, I obviously I'm skeptical skeptical because it's not your traditional look. I mean, so you shouldn't be skeptical of your RB one. It is my point. You well, shouldn't sure. be skeptical going into a season thinking he's going to be the RB one. Now, having said that, Chase is as you mentioned, he's as integral part of this team as anybody. Mm-hmm. Offense, defense, whatever. Him and Kyler, friends. Him and Kyler get they they have great single patient in 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 the or synchronicity in the backfield. Absolutely. I just don't think that he's a twenty touch guy because we haven't seen it yet. Just like Cliff Kingsbury, we haven't seen him being a competent NFL head coach for the whole season. We haven't seen it yet. It doesn't mean it's gonna ha- it's not gonna happen. But I still think they need to bring in a third guy. That's why Todd Gurley right now makes so much sense. And maybe if it doesn't work, he cut him before the season starts. But I just don't see Chase Edmonds without a safety net of a guy that can actually play 17 weeks that James Conner can't. I just don't think it's a recipe for success. But I hope I'm wrong. I do. Yeah, I just don't think your your traditional backs, guys who have had a lot of success, you know, before potentially coming to the desert, whether it's James Conner or Todd Gurley, the way he's set up, it can work each and every down for the Arizona Cardinals because of their inability to the speed to get to the outside because it's so important. That's in Kenyon Drake had a little bit of success and we saw what it looked like and it looked really good. And I think Chase Edmonds gives you your best option and like having him on the field at the same time as Kyler Murray and you have DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those guys, you've got three guys that you can't let get into space because they're lethal. So I think that that at least gives you the edge there. Uh, but you're right. It's not. It's not anything where I'm going to say, okay, put me down for Chase Edmonds can be the guy. Twenty carries a game, especially because you know he could have a, a New York Giants type game that he had a couple of years ago, where he goes for 120 plus and three touchdowns, and then the opposing defense is okay. We're ready for this. We're going to just we're going to set the edge. You're not going to get outside, and you're going to have to change a game plan. And you've got to give the ball to James Conner 20 times instead of Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And real quick, one last thing. I know we got to go. Yeah. Um, one thing that we've been talking about ad nauseum is first and goal from the one turning into third and goal from the eight. Yeah. If you have Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds in the backfield, first and goal from the one, 
do you trust it? Because I don't. I, I know Chase is 210. I know he's 5'9, 210. Running backs have been able to do that between the tackles. We just don't, we haven't seen it. I don't trust that setup in the backfield. I trust James Conner and his massive back that we saw two off seasons ago that he's been working out way more than Chase Edmonds. I just, I, at this point, that's just the truth of it. It, it is interesting, but if you, th- if you look at it from an opposing defensive coordinator's spot, what would you rather face? The guy that you know is going to be handoff, fall forward, plunge towards the end zone, James Conner, or RPO, you don't know what's going to happen with Chase Edmonds and, and Kyler Murray. You don't know who's who, who the the ball is going to be. I mean, there is there is some you know. Obviously, you know what you're going to get. You, you we've seen it. You know, the NFL since it you know came to, to life, running the football is key. And in some situations, there's there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Just hand it off and plunge into the end zone. But as far as having options, you know, I think that you've got more options from a play calling standpoint. And sometimes maybe you don't have to mess it up. I don't know. I'm getting too, too deep in this. What's the shortest point between point A and point B? <laughs> the short, the shortest route, the straight line. That's right. Locked on Cardinals, part of your locked on. You know. Yeah, that's right. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy at Clancy's corner at B O B R A C K. Make sure you're listening tomorrow right after nine o'clock. We're going live. Here on Periscope, here on Facebook Live. Follow along at Lockdown AZ Cards. You guys have a great rest of your Monday. We will talk to you on Tuesday.